1059 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> Hey, and welcome to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight. Oh, look at this. Every weeknight at uh, midnight Eastern. That's 9 p.m. Pacific. For about an hour each night, we talk about guns. We've got Angelina jumping in from California. Thanks for joining. Hello from California. we got Cycle Camp jumping in from just about the opposite side of the country in Connecticut. Thanks for jumping in. Hi from the opposite side of the country. And then I'm down in Arizona. So just got a text from Jimmy James ruining the beginning of the show there. So maybe he'll jump in tonight. So uh, anyway, I'm recovering from an illness, so I'm not feeling good. But Angelina and Cycle Camp said that we could uh, still do the show. And it's Monday. So what do we normally talk about? Behind the scenes and events. You said you were just adding an event to the calendar, right? Yeah, I was just putting the uh, the two uh, A fundraiser for CCDL on there. They do a they do a uh, a poker run, but it's not restricted to motorcycles. You can you know drive anything you want, or you don't have to be involved in the poker run. You can also just show up. There's a big barbecue, and they do it at a at like a pub in the middle of a field, and they 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 bring a band in, and the band plays all afternoon, and they have raffles prizes and and booths with merchandise and it's a pretty good time it's actually one of their biggest fundraisers they usually get around 65 to 100 bikes that show up that's it's a lot of fun actually and they always do it the weekend i'm going to be out of the country so it's but i list it anyway because somebody else might want to go so you've never been to it i i made it once i made it actually i made it last year I came in, I came back the day before, but I was beat, so I didn't take, I t just took my truck out, but uh, I had a really good time. It was really nice. Didn't win anything, but donated a lot of money. And this year, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the candidates for public office were there, so that would be kind of cool. Oh, snap. Is this who I think it is? Right, Jimmy joining? Jimmy joined us. Jimmy, all right. That's a little bit different uh, and aggressive icon that I'm used to looking at. That's cool. some uh, Alan Inker magic right there. Oh, boy. Blowing the dark Alan Inker right there. Turn your volume up. I'm on the Bluetooth. Oh. Okay, we sounds like you're down a tunnel or something. We can barely hear expressions. Now it should be better. There you go. Yeah. There's the voice we all know and love. Oh, yeah. Thanks for jumping in. What's been going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, I, I really can't say same old, same old because it's been a while, but... Uh, uh, long story boring, I'm doing the Uber thing right now, and 
my car just overheated and uh, they just froze my payments. So <laughs> I got some time to kill. Oh man, that sucks. No, it's all good. Did you it lose the fan? Lower. The what? Did you lose the fan? No, um, I don't. I think that my water pump is going bad, man. I checked everything, oh. and pretty sure it's the water pump. Yeah, my my van overheated uh, about two weeks ago, and it turned out the fan, uh, one of the fan motors uh, seized, and that was causing the relay to trip out. So, oh. it, and of course, it happened on like the hottest day of the year here. It was over a hundred. And I got caught in traffic, so I'm, I'm watching the gauge creep up higher and higher and higher. It was pretty awful. But that's, <laughs> that sucks, that's your livelihood, man. man. That, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm trying at a, a cab company now. I'm going to wait for a VIP cab. They're going to do a whole background check and all that, but they do them every Monday. So I missed it today, so I'm going to go next week. Cool. Cool. But, yep. How's everything on uh, in the gun channel's world? Or do we have topics or what? I don't want to like take over the show. No, not tonight. Really, we're just kind of winging it. We were going. We were kind of low key in it today because G Web doesn't feel good. He was thinking of doing a working on one of the cards for the deck. Ah. Uh, we get to help look up stuff and try to find out interesting facts. I I, I tell you that one about Savage because of course I love all the stuff that's in Connecticut. Obviously, um, that stuff you you dug up about Savage was really interesting. I had no idea that guy had such a colorful past. Do uh, radials go on bicycles also, or just cars? That, do you guys use radials on motorcycles? Oh yeah, yeah. There too. I don't. I don't have a ham rig on the bike because I don't even have a ham rig in my car yet, but uh, permanently. But uh, but I, I actually have a CB on the bike. It's built in because I got a. I got an old gold wing, but it was a, a special edition gold wing, so it had friggin' everything. I mean, you know, AM, FM, stereo, an intercom system, the whole nine yards. But there are lots of people that run small ham rigs off there. On their gold wings? Yeah, it wouldn't take much. That's pretty cool. I mean, uh, the VHF, UHF rig is about three times the size of a pack of cigarettes. You know, you can get them really small. And you could take, like the one that I have, you could take the hand talkie that I have that works really well and actually jack it in through the sound system if you just want to do that. To do that. It must be, like, amazing knowing what you're talking about. Like, as far as cars and shit like that, that must be, like, that must be nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I was trying to describe a problem that I had earlier. And then, like, it was, like, this 10-minute conversation where they're, like, what are you talking about? And I was, like, I don't know. There's a noise from this area. kind of looks like a U. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, sometimes I wish I didn't know anything about cars because then people wouldn't ask me to fix it for them. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got through ripping out. I, I, I replaced the fans myself. And about two weeks after I did that, the AC went. So, you know, I, I just, well, I'm playing catch-up. I mean, the van, it's a 2000. The van is 18 years old. It's got, you know, 180,000 miles on it or something. So, it, you know, it's not, uh, and it's Connecticut miles, so it's all rotted up and everything. But, uh, hey, what are you going to do? That makes it fun. 
yeah. If you want to call it fun, yeah. <laughs> this heat, the heat out here doesn't make it fun, and we just got rain and it's humid out, man. I'm not trying to do work out here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's all good, man. But uh, hey, I have a kind of a sort of a topic that we went over, but I'm sort of dealing with it in real life right now, if if I may. All right. So, um, everything below nine millimeter and three eighty, would that be viable for something to stash in the car? I'm talking twenty two, twenty five, thirty two, that kind of stuff. Is, is that there a, a is there a particular well, reason why you don't want to use it? I mean, I'm carrying a pocket nine right now. Just because, um, just first of all, money. Second of all, um, fitting it right in my side door because I have a 2012. Well, it's uh, it's my it's my ex's car, but um, and the panel right here is really small, and I don't want to carry it on me. I want it to be quick and accessible, and the little 32 that I got is gonna fit there perfectly, or a little tw that 25 Raven is gonna fit there perfectly. But Whoa, I never trust the door. That's pretty small. Yeah, that's what, well, that's what I'm saying. And I, and you guys already know from talking to me that I like bigger calibers. I'm a 45 guy and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I really don't yeah. trust the smaller calibers, but something smaller is what I'm kind of looking for right now. I'll tell you, if I, if I was you seriously, I would, I would look into uh, like a five shot 38. Okay. Because it, they're pretty small. You can get them on a short frame. You're an experienced shooter, so you, you can control a recoil. Mm -hmm. And a 38's got a lot more stopping power than a than a 380 or a 32. Yeah, 32's that's not bad. I mean, you know, you know, any gun you have is better than not having a gun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that one. But I'm just saying for something in the car, obviously, I wouldn't have to worry about pen over penetration with a 38, really, unless it's like a, a you know a skeleton or something like that. But yeah. You know, I'm just thinking close proximity, little tiny gun. You know that, uh, well, of course, that's to it. You, you've got a money issue, so you can't go buy a brand new gun, which is too bad because it sounds like that 365 would be right up your alley. What's a three, what's 365? Is that the new Smith & Wesson? I have no idea. I haven't been in that. Oh, I yeah. haven't been in this it's world really, in months. It's really small, but it's a brand new gun, so you're, you're probably talking five, 600 bucks. All right, yeah. You, know, you need something you can actually afford. Yeah, yeah. If, if it if it didn't have to be that small, I mean, a Mustang, you know, something in a Mustang class would be about that same size, and that's a three eighty. Yeah, and those are pretty cheap well, used. Yeah, and three eighty does have a little bit more of a you know a little bit more of a, a punch. A little bit to more it. of a bite than a than a thirty two. Yeah, for sure. All right, something to consider. I mean, my Diamondback uh, 380 is is wicked small. I mean, that that's a that's a tiny little gun. It's snappy as a bastard, but you know, at the distances <laughs> you're talking, it wouldn't make any bit. It wouldn't make any difference. Yeah, I'm talking about like somebody's getting, you know, trying to get physical in the back seat with me or something like that. You know? Yes. Yeah. And odds are, you're just going to have to pull it, and that'll be the end of that. Yeah, give them the old reach around and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, I would, uh, you know, I would, I might try for something like that. I might try for, you know, a small. Try to try to hit the used market and see if you can get yourself a small 380. Um, but if, I tell you, 32. You know, police and shit use those for years. Yeah, you know, a little ankle guns. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, that was a very popular, that was a very popular caliber for the police in Europe. And they only, they only stepped up because they were up against, you know, a lot of really big stuff. So they had, they had to step up their game, but you're, it's not like you're worrying about that where, you, where you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dano might not be a bad guy to talk about with that too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've been talking with uh with Dano about it too. He's got a lot of good information to, that he had, but I haven't talked to him about you know carrying yet. Hmm. Technically, I I don't know if it's the same out here, but I was looking at like a generalized um their general rules or whatever, and you're not supposed to carry when you're on like duty, I guess, or whatever, you know, whatever you call go, it. You about pound sand. Mm. Yeah, tell me about it. All right, you'll be drawn. Judge by 12 and carry by six. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is that right now it's slow out here, so most of the money is at late at night. So, Yeah. Well, I, and I hate to tell you, you know, my, my it, it's all in what you got to lose, right? So when I was working at my, you know, my job, um, I never carried at work. But I did, I did bring a gun with me, and I locked it in the car. And then as soon as I got out of work, I, I took it out of the car. But now that I go back to visit, I carry all the time. Yeah. You know, when I when I go back for like my choral rehearsals and shit, you know, they they've got nothing posted on the outside that says no firearms. You know, they, they do say that your packages and stuff are, are subject to search. But uh, if if you didn't read the employee handbook, you'd never know that you weren't supposed to carry a weapon around with you. So I'm just gonna play stupid. I don't care. Yeah, me too. Like, if I never looked it up, I would have never known because no one said nothing to me. So I'm just, you know, I never looked. Yep. But yeah, I, I would, you know, I'm, I'm a, a 32 would certainly do you. Um, if you could step up to 380, yeah, that'd be nice. But, you know, I, I think you're in a, I think, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't go down, you know, I wouldn't go down to a 22. No, I've yeah, I never really have liked twenty two for a defensive yeah. idea. I know that's arguable, but uh, it's better than that. nothing. If it if that's what you got, that's what you bring. But uh, you know, it's got to be something that you're. And and also, if you go get yourself a used gun, you know, something cheap, you're not going to worry about it getting impounded. You know, you don't want to yeah. bring your like your coolest gun with you and then then you know forget it in a car or something. And Jesus, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah. All right, so we yeah. solved Jimmy's problem. Yep. I should just get a Draco, one of those little Klinkoff pistols, and just put it under the seat and call it a day. I got a sunroof. I, maybe I could fit it in this little gap right here. Nah, with your luck, you'd get the party check. So you'd pop the door open, drop the thing, and it would go off. <laughs> yeah, make sure you don't get a P220, whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really bad. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But that's a good question. Yeah, I, I Like I said, I carried, I carried a Diamondback DB380 for about three years. And um, because it was so tiny... It just fit in everything, and and in fact, when I go out in dress clothes, sometimes I'll bring the three eighty instead of the nine because the nine weighs just a little bit more. Right. But, but now that I've got the car, you know that I can actually fit in my pocket. I, you know, I just carry that with a pocket holster everywhere. And that's light too, huh? The car. Yeah, the cars don't weigh that much. 
They're pretty. They're pretty nice little guns. I have a. I have a CM9 is the one that I use, and I got it used. I paid two, two fifty or two seventy five. It was a very reasonable price used. Holy crap! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cheap. Well, because a lot, you know, people don't like them. You know, you know, they want they want something bigger. A lot of guys carry in the waistband, and I'm just so fat that just doesn't work for me real well. A pocket carry works great for me, so it allowed me to step up to a nine for regular carry, and uh, and I was it was a happy. And in fact, I took I took second place in a bug gun match with it uh, last year. Hmm. So you know, it's a very accurate gun. I mean, I was I was kicking a center out at 15 yards. I mean, I was doing good. Yeah. So I like them. They're they're good little guns, but but it is a, it's bigger than what you were talking about. It's certainly much bigger than a than a Raven or a you know a Mustang or that kind of thing. We got that little car 382 in it or something like that. Yeah, they have they have a smaller 380 also. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't, uh, that's bad. I didn't bring up the YouTube chat. Should probably do that too. You know, you're you, car now? I beg your pardon? Can we get me far now? Am I getting a far? A car. Car. Oh, I'm going to be getting a car, hopefully. No, she meant with a K, I think. Yeah, with the K, like the pistol. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's something to think about. It's yeah. just something to think about. I'm going to look at them because they are interesting and they're Glock like ish, right? Ain't it? Yes, they're kind very of? Glock like. Yep. They don't break down the same way, but they're the uh, the 380 is, but the, the 9 is not. In fact, I have trouble. Mine, mine was you know, practically unfired when I bought it, and I still have trouble pushing out the takedown pin. Because it's just stiff from not having been, you know, done a lot of times. Hmm. I like them. I, I, this is why I needed to pop out the chat because I'm sure there were some people out there, you know, suggesting other really decent guns for something like that. Or yeah. laughing, you know, either way. <laughs> well, I, usually, I don't know, man. I just, I didn't like those LCPs. I was looking at those because those are little itty bitty tiny baby guns too. Right. And like, I don't I never liked the LCPs either. I don't like them. They're too little, too snappy. You know, like at least the little 32, it has a big, I could, I could wear gloves and fit my trigger finger in there, you know, and uh, oh, still uh, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and those little things, uh, they're just too little. I got too little for my man hands. Yeah. CW Hunter says the car is unique double action only. And that is true. That is the other reason that I got it. It has no safeties on it. But it's striker fired, but most guns, the striker is about 80, 85% energized when you rack it. The car is not like that. The car, the, the rack resets the trigger, but then you pull the, you pull the striker most of the way back. So mm. it does have a very long trigger pull. But, but is it I like you can kind of, but you can kind of stage it though, or not even? Uh, mm. It's got the same trigger pull all the time. It never goes single action. Right, but I mean, like, you can feel, like, right before it's about to break, right? I can, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it's got a long, deliberate trigger pull, and then you can just start to feel that wall, and then it breaks. So they're, they're weird guns to shoot, 
because they're double action and they have a long trigger pull and a lot of people don't like them because of that but that's specifically the reason i carried it i used to carry a pt 709 slim and i love that gun but if you wanted to carry it safely you had to engage the safety because it was strike or fire mm. and it and it was like 90 percent engaged when you uh when you racked it and it was not a safe you know you just you just breathe on a trigger on that one and it was going to go off so I yeah, and I don't like carrying guns with safeties as as uh, what do you call it guns as uh, CCW guns. Oh yeah, no, I I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah, and my big gun, my my big or uh, you know bedside gun and outside the waistband carry is a uh, is a uh, what the hell is that stupid thing? Crap, I can't remember the name of it. But but the the bottom line is it has a uh, it's a single double. So, and it's got a hammer. So basically what I do is, is uh, I, it has a decocker. So I, I rack it, I decock it, and my first shot is, is uh, you know, double action. And then all my follow-up shots are single action. But that has like a 15 or a 16 round magazine, which is why it's my bedside gun. Uh. What is it? A Beretta? No, I can't. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, I, I'll have to go look it up. This isn't that terrible. I can't even remember the names of the guns I use anymore. It's a uh, hold on. You guys continue, and I'll go. I'll look it up. I'm not. I'm. I'm downstairs, so I, I'm not anywhere near my bedroom, and it's locked in right now. It's in my. It's in my safe upstairs, and basically at night I take it out and put it on the bedstand, and then in the morning I put it away again. You know the upside to not really knowing what it is hardly? You can't remember it? Because you know you're not really going to miss it if they have to take it for evidence. Yeah, if they take it for evidence, it's not a problem. That's a good point. Oh, what the hell. It's, and it's a really, it's a popular brand too. And I know they have a an S version and an and a R version. And I just can't think of what the hell the name of it is. Terrible. Uh, it's not a Ruger. All right, so what do we got, Ellis? Um, what did you use today, potatoes? Oh, it's it's, it's an FMP9, FNS. Oh. Duh. And it holds uh, wow. it holds sixteen plus one. I did a lot of sweating. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I worked. That's about it. It was like 90, at least 90 bajillion percent humidity. Yeah, it was brutal today. In the 90s? In the 90s? About 2 o'clock, I went out to the garage, and I was uh, working on the bike again because I'm still trying to figure out my starter issue. And I put two hours in, and by the time I was done, you could you could have literally wrung my shirt out into a bucket. It was just totally covered with sweat. You know? And I was not even out in the sun. I was in the garage, which was actually a little cooler than outside, but it was just brutal. It's really hard to work on wiring and stuff when you're, the, the sweat is running into your eyes and stuff. Ugh. You gotta make sure you stay hydrated. Yeah, the whole, works, the whole world sucks. You know, the whole, the whole country is in just bad shape. I started doing a gallon of water a day challenge. So that's in my day. 
Oh, I've been sucking down water all the time. I mean, I'm not, I'm drinking uh, alcoholic stuff right now, but it's, uh, I've had a very quiet day. I've been drinking a ton of water every day for years. Probably, probably close to a gallon. Always. I feel like I drink a lot of water, but then I started talking shit, and now we're doing a water challenge. Oh, Panther's bitching about the thumbs again. I, I, I have to admit, I forgot to thumb it up before I split out the chat. Usually I remember to thumb it up, but I figure I'm doing my part just being here. So who's the who's the guy today? Who's the guy in the car today, G? It's like he's wearing headsets. Yeah, because this one you're gonna like two ways. This is um, Maxim's kid, so Hiram Percy Maxim, the son of. All oh, right, yeah, the other Maxim. The son of Hiram Stevens Maxim, and his son patented the suppressor or the silencer in 1908. And then he co-founded the American Radio Relay League, ARR. So did, he, did he live here in Connecticut? I don't know. Because, you know, we're the home state of that. His alma mater is the Massachusetts. All right. So, yeah, probably pretty close. He was an American co-founder, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Early years, he was the son of blah, blah, blah. Beginning, nope, doesn't say so I'm only looking at Wikipedia, so there might be some other resources out there that will talk about more about him and where he was born. He was he died in La, La Huenta, Colorado. La Huenta, I'm not say that. La Juenta, La Juenta, Colorado. Born in Brooklyn, New York, though. So there we go. Born in Brooklyn. Now, are you looking at the Wikipedia page? No, that was just off of something called Britannica.com. Bullshit. Okay, because there is a Wikipedia page too, and the and the uh, the picture they have of him is is pretty weird looking. Yeah, he's got some crazy hair, but I figured yeah. I'd use a picture of him with the headset because of his uh, amateur radio thing, and then also, oh yeah, you know, get a little different thing going on than the typical thing I got going on with all the others. There's also a Connecticut uh, uh, history database that has a blurb on him as well. So he must have spent some time there. Yeah. In fact, I think that's where the picture that showed. Yeah, that's where the picture that showed up was. So patents for automotive design too. Um. Yeah, mufflers. Yeah. Yeah. Noise abatement. Uh, aviation as well as wireless radio. And he, yeah, see, he lived in Hartford from 1899 until his death in 1936. Okay. So he was there 37 years. Well, according to this, he died in Colorado. So what's up with that? Or maybe that meant Connecticut. Is there a Lawenta, Connecticut? No, I don't think so. He went to MIT. But it, I mean, it made sense that he had to be hanging around Connecticut if he was involved in ARRL, because this is the state that, that put that together. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Wow, he was only 17 years old in his, in his class when he went to MIT. He must have been a smart bastard. Oh, well, his dad was a time traveler. Yeah. 
Yeah, and is you're going to have Hudson also? Or are you going to have all the higher all the maxims? No, because his cousin or his uncle, I guess, only invented smokeless powder here. I shouldn't even put him on here because he didn't really do anything except the suppressor. But it's the suppressor, which is cool. And I really want to have this deck illustrate that these guys were, they, they weren't just like warmongers. They built guns because they were, you know, machines and stuff, but they built many other things also. So I figure he's a good example of a mix of uh, other inventors or, you know, a inventor of other items, other inventions. And rumored to be a time traveler. Well, I was dead. <laughs> He witnessed his dad being a time traveler. Actually, Maxim was uh, was big on uh, early gas-powered automobiles too. This guy, the son. Yeah, the the, the son, uh, Hiram Percy. There, he uh, they, they were working on electric uh, vehicles in the Columbia Automobile Company of Hartford, but Maxim thought the gasoline-powered was was better. And the Columbia Automobile Company adopted his pioneering concept, which evolved from an engine-driven bicycle to an engine-driven four-wheeled vehicle. And it became the Columbia Gasoline Carriage. It was the And it was the first one of its kind manufactured in the world. Wow. The first uh, gasoline-powered car? Gas-powered four-wheel car, yeah. Huh. That's pretty manufactured cool. Manufactured as, as a manufactured car. Yesterday, not a one-off. Yesterday, Savage said that he produced either the first 10, 50 cars in this country or at least 50 of the first cars in this country at the Savage factory. So that's a couple of these guys who are interested, who are involved in cars as well as guns. Yeah, me mechanical is mechanical. Like they, they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, silencing devices. He's a glider enthusiast, one of the first aircraft over Hartford. He founded the, he helped found the Aero Club of Hartford. Wow, that guy did a lot of shit. I had no idea that there was a Maxim that lived in Hartford. That's because that bastard Clemens, you know, took took all the all the glory down here. Clemens, who? Samuel Clemens. Oh. Mark Twain. He did take all the glory. <laughs> well, around around Connecticut, he's he's one of the big he's one of the big guys. Yeah, I imagine so. We have Charles Manson in my area. Can you show some of the bullet points? You're looking at uh. Or give me the link. You're looking at a yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a I'm looking at ConnecticutHistory.org. It's got a lot of good stuff. If you want to poke around in it later, let me let me put it on the side. Uh, well, I'll put it in the in the gun the gun channel chat. And I'll also put it on the uh, in the hangout. They had a lot of that guy did a lot of shit. But you're right. The, the pretty much the only thing he did for the guns was the silencer. But he also did silencers for uh, for like air conditioners and stuff too, which I thought was pretty cool. But it's a good it's a good write up. His wife was really involved too. She was in, involved in uh, 
women's suffrage and uh she was part of the well you know you can't win them all she was part of the democratic national committee and that was his that. Daughter. i'm sorry i think that was his daughter who was in the women's thing and mm -hmm. his, mike was also and that's why the daughter was but the daughter they said in wikipedia was no, Hiram's wife, Josephine, did not lack for accomplishments. She was the first Connecticut woman appointed to the Democratic National Convention, okay. sat on the Hartford Board of Ed, and served on the Executive Committee of the Connecticut Women's Suffrage Association, and founded she founded the Connecticut League of Women Voters. So it's all her fault. Women voters? Yeah, because that's what suffrage was all about. Hmm. They call it women suffrage, but we're the ones that suffer, right? Am I right? Yeah, it's really unfair, though. I agree. Yeah, it says here he died of a throat infection. He was returning home from the Percival Lowell Observatory in California where he was pursuing yet another one of his hobbies, which was astronomy. I mean, this guy was just interested in everything. So California infected him? No, it just said he had a throat infection. I don't know. I got it. Wow. Probably spent too much time talking on the radio. Oh, so you got the you got the picture that had him later in life while he was wearing the headsets. Cool. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'd rather get a different look, kind of a different picture. I got the picture yesterday, a guy wearing a cowboy hat. You know. So <laughs> I figure uh, Savage is good for a cowboy hat. He worked. He lived in uh, Australia and. Here. Yeah. The the thing about the radio league was pretty interesting. I mean, because I'm into the hobby now, but uh, I I didn't realize that the the whole reason for that was most of the stations couldn't transmit more than a hundred miles back then. Yeah. And in order to get a message across the country, they needed a a series of relays, and that's he went to the radio club of Hartford and suggested creating an association or an organization to relay messages back and forth. Well, that's pretty cool. And of course they didn't know what we know today about, uh, you know, propagation and, you know, sunspot activity and, and they I'm sure their radios didn't go that high in frequency either. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Just another one. A lot of a lot of these guys were just like Renaissance men in their day. You know, they were just interested in everything. Well, I mean that's true, but then I also like to look at it like it's sort of like the story of Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't know if you ever listened to that guy's kind of story, but he didn't even start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was pretty old. And it was it took him I think a hundred and I think it was over a hundred. I don't even know if it was even more than that, like a hundred and forty times. He basically took his chicken recipe around to restaurants, and they all told him to take a hike. They don't need a recipe for an old guy. And something like a hundred something times later, somebody finally buys it and you know the story, you know, how the story ends. So um uh yeah, a lot of these guys were you could say jacks all trades, or else you could say like a lot of people's maybe moms or wives or somebody, ex wives, would say, uh, 
you know, they're also bums and they don't figure nothing out and they keep failing at everything. Can't you hold know? a job, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like sometimes, same thing with the advocates and stuff, you know, like you don't have to be some kind of superhero destined to do this. You don't go to school to learn how to be an inventor. Sometimes it's just tinkering and then discovering something and then sticking with it. And hopefully that inspires some people. Because look, this guy's talking about the tech he had at the time, which seemed really advanced, I'm sure, talking on these radios and talking farther without any kind of wires. You know, think about all the infrastructure needed to telegraph back then. They were able to just zip across like science fiction across all that land. And then, you know, with that rudimentary tech and system they had, what's Jimmy doing out there? He, um, you know, decided to play with it a little bit and use it in a way that helped people, right? To get information back and forth faster than any telegraph or, you know, over any kind of mountains are where there weren't no telegraph uh, wires going to. And that's the same kind of environment we've got now with the internet and with uh, the different ease of publishing and getting things out there. Uh, The, you know, the... uh, speed in which things can travel and stuff and hopefully people look at it with a new eye and hopefully figuring out things that are obvious once they've discovered them right and yeah that's part of the whole thing here is just to to see how all the various like paths or whatever you want to call that people went through well i think it's interesting that he went to mit but they don't say what kind of degree he got i mean i assume it was some kind of engineering degree because he went to work for electric companies after that well, and that's the thing. I'm definitely not some kind of genius or I've been studying this stuff my whole life or nothing. So I can only get on these cards the stuff that's kind of readily available out there. But um, again, they're only playing cards. They're not. Well, it's a not- synopsis. Yeah, that's the whole object of the game. It's just to wet somebody's whistle. But I think uh, it would be neat to have, I don't know, there must be books, like a real book written. I'm sure there's books written about each of these individuals just from whatever interest that somebody might have, you know. But it'd be neat to see if there's some kind of an overall book that I could use just to kind of verify things. And like you just said, the, the muffler, I probably should put that on here. That's another interesting uh, thing. Yep. That, again, it comes from the evolution of this guy's dad made a machine gun. So you figure probably people are getting sick of hearing that machine gun go off, right? It wasn't in a small caliber. It was like a thirty caliber or something. Or no, it was a fifty caliber. What the hell was a gallon? It was the, no, it was a thirty cal. But, um, you know, I mean, the people probably got sick of hearing that thing. And it wasn't a gallon gun. It had one barrel. So uh, I'm sure this guy was sitting there. Or I'm sure that thing came from, you know, him hearing that damn machine gun going off all the time. Yeah. But he started with the motor vehicle exhaust. And that's and after that, that's when he designed the uh, silencer. So he did, oh. he, did the, he did the automobile shit first. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying. He probably... You know, it was like, okay, how do we make this motor quiet? And then he was like, oh, crap, I can make that go yeah. quiet. But he became very well known as an acoustical engineer. Yeah, maybe it was affecting his ears because he was so, yeah. uh, you know, They needed him to work right because he was trying to hear all those faint radio signals. I know when my tinnitus is kicking up, I can't, I can't do it. Just too much, too much background noise. But that, that is amazing that uh, a lot of these guys have so many different interests. And like you said, maybe they're all just really flighty guys, you know? You can't, can't seem to stick with anything. What year was this guy born? 
Oh, 18 something. Hiram Percy Maxim oops, was born in 1869. Died in 1936. That would have been yeah. an interesting set of years to be alive. No, he was actually born in Brooklyn. Yeah, it says Brooklyn. Yeah, so they agree on that. Here's a picture of him shooting one of his suppressors on a Springfield. Look at that, the original operator. I've never seen a, a, a suppressor on a Springfield. Of course, I've never seen a Pedersen device either. I suppose I could go on YouTube and look it up because I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. Let's see. So it looks like um, this was his first one. It was... Uh, Oh, God, that's unusual looking. Yeah. His first experimental silencer used an offset snail, snail shell-shaped chamber and valve to trap and swirl the muzzle gases in an effort to slow their travel. As the results of this were encouraging, he continued to develop the idea of swirling gases and in 08 filed a patent for his improvement in silent firearms. Cool. Let's see. He did not produce it in great numbers. The silent, its main flaw, the vortices caused the suppressor to heat quickly heat up. The curved internal vanes also proved expensive to manufacture. Still, the 1909 could reduce a 22 long rifle's pistol report by 30 decibels. Jeez, that's not bad. In October and November, he filed two more patents to protect an improvement on his earlier design. That became the model 1910. Oh, look at this. This is a much cooler picture. So this might be the picture we're using. That's the picture I was looking for. Because now it's on a cool lever action, and it shows all the little cool baffles he had. So is this his actual, like, patent picture? Yeah, that's the patent picture from the model 10, it looks like. From 19... Silent firearm. Wait, this one, I don't know. This one says June something, 19, 1909. That's a 1909 patent. So his first patent was that other one. This one. No, this one says 1921. Nope, so this isn't the right one either. So I definitely have the wrong one on the card right now. Anyway, so I still find the 08 one. I was also thinking of using the picture of the box. Yeah, the the 08 was the was the first patent, apparently. And that was the first one called the Maxim Silencer. So, cool. Here's him shooting a other kind of machine gun. A Maurice a Bennett Maurice 1909 machine gun. With one of his silencers on it. Yeah. So they say uh, Maxim sold the silencers via mail order, shipping them in cardboard tubes. A 22 silencer cost $5, while a larger one cost 7 hmm. If they adjusted that for inflation, that would be $120 and $165 today. Hmm. Tried to turn his attention to the military market. The Army Ordnance Corps had tested Maxim's first silencer. 
commander of the Springfield Armory reported that the silencer eliminated 66% of the gun noise and 67% of its recoil. Encouraged by military interest, he began designing a silencer that could moderate the port of a 1903. He believed that the growing number of American men joining the military from cities, men who lacked experience shooting, were struggling to master the 1903 because of the loud report and recoil. So uh, Maxwell felt that a silencer would prevent the recruits from being intimidated by their own rifles. And it developed the Model 1912. And then improved that to the Model 15, which he called the Governments of Silencer. And that's the one he was shooting on that machine gun over there. And now that we're looking at a picture of some ladies shooting shotguns in their backyard with suppressors on them. Yeah, that's not what you're focused on. You're focused back on the uh, yeah, I know I'm the patent picture, but pretty cool. I'm just reading this thing over here, but uh, I'm trying to get to the part where it says why the army sent him to fuck off. So eventually, the army must have told him to blow up. Those oh, I could tell you why that is. Why? Oh, here we go. Because these silenced rifles could not prevent the supersonic crack that occurred downrange. They were not able. To, they were able to mitigate muzzle flash and moderate the report. As early as 1917, the Army changed its mind and ordered another. Oh, no. No. Okay, so what is it? Because this is going back and forth. Well, basically what ended up happening was that the, uh, the military, other than specialty units, the military wanted the guns to be loud. Because they had a, an intimate, when you're like laying suppressive fire and shit like that, huh. if you don't know you're being shot at, you it suppressive fire doesn't do you any good. And so they want the they, they decided they wanted the loud report so that they uh they would get the uh the maximum intimidation effect for guys laying down uh 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 suppressive fire. Now I'm not I'm not just pulling that out of my ass. I actually saw that Ian covered that a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Because he had a he had a suppressed something or other. And he was saying why it never became it was special forces used it, but but regular it never became popular for the uh, the everyday trooper because they wanted the guns to stay loud, so suppressive fire was more intimidating. This says that they bought a hundred of them, and they issued two per company by use for start with the sharpshooters. This mm -hmm. was a large contract that they had hoped for. Uh, they displayed them um, in small numbers during the 16 expedition against Pancho Villa when we went down to Mexico and kicked Mexico's ass. Um, and then American Expeditionary Force deployed to France in 17. Said uh, these rifles, like you said, they could not prevent the supersonic crack that occurred downrange. They were able to mitigate, mitigate muzzle flash and moderate the report. So then the Army changed its mind and ordered 9,000 of them. And it's unclear how many Maxim managed to deliver before the war ended. It says, after the war in 1920, the Army made the suppressed rifles available to the public through the civilian marksmanship program. Orders trickled down to the National Guard. The Army declared any leftover suppressors weapon. The Army declared any leftover suppressed weapons obsolete in March 1925. Huh. So Maxim Company had no choice but to diversify. After the war, Maxim Silencer Company manufactured not only firearms, but also sound moderating devices for everything from automobiles to naval engines, flat machinery, and hearing or heating and air conditioning systems. Yep. Item 36, his company began to move away from silencers in 25, concentrating on all the stuff I just said. Public interest in 
was squashed by, here we go, this is why they don't have them, public interest in firearm suppressors was squashed by the 1934 National Firearms Act, which required a prohibitively expensive $200 stack stamp, which is approximately $3,500 today. Uh, I saw something else earlier that said people made 27 cents a day back then, so $200 tax stamp. I think that was actually the American Silencer Association posted that today on Instagram. It's like 10 years worth of pay, right? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, it took them um, 22 months worth of pay or something to get a suppressor, so effectively made it you know, impossible to get. So it doesn't look like, I mean, I don't disagree with, you can't disagree with what's-his-face because he knows everything. No, no, that, that's why the military didn't do it. Yeah, well, I don't just still yeah, don't agree with that, but whatever. I'm reading this is from uh, what do you call it? Uh, small Arms Review. Yeah, I, I can certainly understand that the reason that because I I would think most normal people shooting around would want to have a silencer. Yeah, no shit. But so, like you said, they priced it right out of the world. But uh, yeah, so basically, he died in '36, probably because of the National Firearms Actually, basically killed him. Yeah, you broke know? his heart. The mount. Let's see. It says, uh, although no longer family-owned, that the the company continues to produce industrial sound moderating devices. So there still is a Maxim company. Interesting. Oh, that's neat. So now I got to figure out when his patents are on car ones. I always think it's neat to see a lever, a silenced lever action. One of the coolest things around. Although that silenced uh, 1903 looks pretty cool. That's kind of a tiny can for a freaking 30 out 6. Yeah, you got to wonder how many rounds it was good for. They're pretty neat. Good choice. Always fun looking up stuff like that. Don't go into the woods this fall without one. Huh? Definitely made it. Well, you can tell from this picture that it's, uh, you know, how it's kind of curled or whatever. Can't see it. How these side, like how the, you know, when they cut it in half, you don't really get to see the full effect. Of it. It's like a crazy, weird bushing or something. And there's also that other crazy hole going through it. So to kind of show, you know, see it all cut open like that, it's pretty neat. Did you, did you happen to see the um, Smarter Every Day episode about how silencers work? Mm, the one where he has them made out of clear? Yeah, they had the acrylic on the outside, and it showed you how the baffles filled up and all of that. Yeah, I've seen those. That's that was, pretty cool. That was really interesting. I love that guy. I love watching his stuff. Yeah, I've seen a couple of different things from cans where they'll put the clear on the outside and show them. It always kills them, but it is sort of a new, you know, kind of fill or whatever that would be. Yeah. Well, yeah, usually on a second or third shot, they just freaking destroy themselves they shatter all over the place but you do with because he's got that ultra high-speed camera you get to see you actually get to see the flame and then you get to see it curling back on itself and you, you know you can actually 
see which parts of the of the suppressor start vibrating real hard and then shatter off that that cover it was just but it is a very if, if none of you guys out there have ever seen that uh smarter every day is the name of the website on youtube and uh he has a great thing about you know how suppressors actually work and it's it's pretty cool that guy got his start when he was interested in filming things in slow motion or whatever <coughs> well, he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, some kind of an engineer on top of that. And he's just one of those guys that's just curious about everything. And like, like they were trying to figure out how, why dominoes fall the way they do, because people still honestly don't know why they do what they do. So he set up all kinds of experiments in slow motion and, you know, the angles that they're tipping at, or are they going to kick each other out? And he did another couple of real good ones about the, uh, Oh crap! I can't remember the name of it. It's when you take glass and you drop it in water, and it solidifies in like a teardrop shape. Oh and right, and it gives you that some, something. Something's drop, yeah. and it's really strong. They're super strong, and uh, he was shooting them, and you could see the main bulb. The way it happens is you shoot at the main bulb. The main bulb just totally deflects the bullet. But then you get that ringing on the other end of the tail, and that's what actually shatters the thing coming back. Saint Saint Somebody's drop or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, but I I just I just geek out over shit like that. I love stuff like that. He did the he did the uh, what was it the AK underwater? Fired the AK underwater in a swimming pool. That was so that cool. He was doing YouTube videos and he wanted to do more high speed stuff. So he just went to a rental place and started renting a camera for the weekend. He would set up a video and then he would rent the camera. And then eventually the rental place said, hey, you can just have that camera whenever you want because you're making aware that this camera's available for rent. Yeah, and he always he always pitches the, the name and model number of the camera. Yeah, and that's, I think, why he was doing it. So then uh, eventually they started just giving him cameras and stuff and then with that but that guy just started out being interested and you know it's like i say he just started running cameras yeah i can't get this picture to come out i don't know why that's annoying actually now how come i can't get this thing to image trace it comes out all shitty every time it's huge too it'd be easier when it's huge right but maybe it's not a vector Oh, no, it's not a vector, but the thing I normally push that little magic button right there and I'll turn it into a vector. Squish it right down, yeah. Well, no, it, it re it, whatever it does, it turns it into a vector, but it's not doing it. It's just hmm. getting it. Yeah, it's losing half the map picture every time, which is annoying because that's a pretty good picture. Well, I'm going to have to go with the picture of the box, which is what I was going to go with originally. So it looks like Top uh, Zone needs a report from giving a price of 10 new subscriptions when ordering the National Sports Month. I guess if you were to sell 10 subscriptions to this one magazine, they gave you a suppressor. Oh, General, Revitil General Revit Relativity had it. its Prince Rupert straps. That's what those things were. They are so cool. 
Oh, well. Angelina had to step out for a moment, so that's why she's not moving us right along here. Oh, that's not a bad one. See, I'm trying that same effect to it. Yeah, to squish it down. Not squishing it. It's taking the pixels that exist. Right now, it's just a bunch of pixels. Yeah. And it's examining them, and it's turning them into a mathematical equation. So now, instead of being 700 pixels that look like this, it's a shit ton of mathematical equations that tell this pattern to exist. Right. So, I don't know. It looks okay. It looks definitely better than the other thing did. So now I'm going to, right now it's like a giant paint by number set. I'm going to ungroup it so all those little pieces are separate. And then I will take most of it and delete then it. get rid of it, yeah. And then I'll come up here and find out whatever's left. I think I got it all. Just in case. And then take what's left here, group it back up. And now I can make this thing as big as the world or as tiny as anything. And it's always going to look perfect. That's what a vector does, but it's all about this software. Like, this is good software. It's probably the best you can get for this kind of thing. And if it can't do it for some picture, it just ain't going to happen. So then I would have to, if I really, really wanted that picture, I'd have to do, like, kind of like what I do with the cartooning. I would have to go in there and, like, redraw yeah, it. Yeah, overdraw it, yeah. It, it, so probably, so it probably had too many broken lines in it for it exactly. to be able to develop an algorithm to figure out how to, how to render it in a vector style. Yeah, exactly. And I think the colors, something about the colors are just too close or something. Mm. Is so, this Adobe? What? Is this Adobe? Yeah, I'm in Adobe again. Okay. Do kind of want something else because that looks kind of dumb. But uh, at this point, can't spend forever on these things either. I figure I'll go back and hit some of them with more stuff. But I do want to put some in here about his cars, right? Oh, shit. I forgot to recall. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mess around with a little bit. I'm hoping I'm going to get something on these cars. So in this one, the guy's just... Hey, I'm just shooting in my house in the fireplace, and my dog just <laughs> see your dealer or fill in the blank below. Mail to us at once, and we will send by return mail a fully guaranteed 22 cal silencer for your Christmas present, which you will shoot quietly and which you can attach immediately. Send me a 22 caliber maximum silencer to fit A. You put the make of the rifle in there, model right here. Barrel is round or octagon. Enclosed is money, order, check, or cash. Three dollars. Three dollars. Or to one dollar before. Send to then your name in wherever. They came out of New York, so they're like, "Oh yeah, we're building suppressors in New York." That's ironic. How did yeah. they attach? Were they threaded or? They had this little gizmo, but this I got to show you first because this one. Yeah, it must, they must have had a clamp or something because the the guns weren't threaded, and you know they couldn't tell you we'll take your gun to a gunsmith and have it threaded before we'll send you any of this stuff. Right. Anything special about this one? Anything special? Made out of Hartford. Yep. Well, that one they're definitely in Hartford. They moved from New York, I guess. There's this little gizmo here. So they must have gave you this little gizmo. 
kind of an adapter, yeah. Absolutely stop the noise of given report. Recoil over two-thirds. Given as a prize for 10 new subscriptions to the natural National Sportsman at $1 each. When ordering, state to make and model your rifle to be fitted, whether your barrel is octagon or not. Wow. So they probably just jammed that thing on the end of your gun and then screwed it on? I wonder what yeah. kind of manufacturing techniques they would have to do to make those baffles. Like, That's what I was wondering. Like some sort of like... They must tech, push tech weld them in or something. Well, that's how that's how uh, what do you call them? That's how um, Surefire does them now. Like each of these things would be welded. This looks a lot like a Surefire can. Here, look at all these things. So you've got this kind of little thingy. That's his original one, I'm guessing. And then you got a twenty-five twenty silencer end coupling, thirty-two twenty. See, this one's got like a some kind of a clamp. Like you and that's that. interesting because he didn't go through the center axis with that. He went right along the top. Yeah, so because you didn't, you didn't have the problem with sights. Yeah. Your sights. So, uh, and that means those little discs are even more crazy, right? Because now it's not even in the center. Now it's up top. Yeah. So, like, those had a clamp on them. It looks like this one somehow replaces your front sight. wonder how they formed those baffles, though. That's That's crazy to me. Coupling 250. Probably stamped them out. Only seven. But then that curve on the outside cur curls all the way back in, though. They would have had to stamp it and then put it through some other kind of process that finishes that curve out. Well, yeah. you could have a thing that came in and from the, like and split in the middle and come, come out. So I'm trying to think like uh, not more like a cookie cutter that's split in half. So you smash them in there and then the form comes apart. But anyway, there must have been something they're doing, obviously, because it's almost a circle. It comes back on itself, and that's in a ring. When you look, this is like deceptive. Yeah. This is like a tube, like going around in a circle. Hmm. And those had to be made out of some kind of decent material, because like they say, they get super hot. Yeah, it must have been. Or else it would split in forming, let alone hold up to the heat of you know yeah being fired through yeah cool mm <laughs> Yeah, it was in. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just trying to find his patent for the muffler. Yeah, I didn't see that. Inventor Parashk Tawani. The thing you were looking at was on ConnecticutHistory.org? Yep. Now, it was written by a guy that's an ARRL historian, so that's why they spend a lot of time talking about his radio junk. But he did a pretty good job covering the rest, I thought. 
early gears, graduation, automobile. So there is a picture of his motor in that article. And that was patented in. I'm going to have to blow the screen up a minute. Hold on. November 7th, 1899. I can't quite read it. The explosive engine? Yeah. HP Maxim. 1889. The top right, it's a little easier to read it. Yeah, I just can't read it because I'm old and my eyes don't work. I think that says 1889. That's pretty neat. I like all the other stuff these guys have done. Well, it's just amazing. People don't realize they got gun in. Pretty neat. Crap. There we go. There's going to be 52 guys? Yeah. All men. Oh, no women? I couldn't find no women. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. I mean, I don't care about feminism. I would have put him in there, but couldn't. Whatever. I wonder if there are any. There must not be. I don't know. I'm doing some crazy art myself. What are you making? Um, I'm vectorizing this seal for a Canadian badge patch. So I'm working for Canada right now. I should ask if they know Bob. Don't all Canadians know each other? Probably. They probably don't always admit it, though. 
All right, what do we got going on here? He uh, built one of the first radios, oh, one of the first radio stations in Hartford. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because he joined a club that was already in, in evidence, so it's not like he invented any of that stuff. Well, he invented the AARL, it says. Yes. Yes. There's 21 people watching and 18 subs. I don't. So it says the ensuing furor led to its prohibition in many states and in the United States and several other countries and caused Maxim to stop its manufacture in 1930. So he adapted the principle of mufflers to air compressors, blowers, and other devices. Huh. This is from the Britannica.com. They suggest that the fact that he created the suppressor so it says here, his efforts to improve the gasoline power automobile led to research on an exhaust muffler, which in turn brought the discovery of the principle that made it possible the famous silencer. This invention brought him fame and notoriety as editors, writers, and general public mistakenly assumed the device could be attached to the pistols of criminals. In actuality, it was usable only on solid breech rifle and never found wide demand. The ensuing fervor led to its prohibition in many states in the United States and several other countries. It's caused Maxim to stop its manufacture in 1930. So, so with that. How long does it take you about to do each part? I'm not fucking around like, I don't know, an hour. Well, I found I found a woman that wasn't it wasn't 
arms per se, but it had to do with signal flares. What do you mean? There was okay. So there's a. This is a. Uh, this is a. Now it's Mother Jones. So you got to take it. You got to take it with a grain of salt. And it was ten ten women who actually invented shit that other guys got uh, the credit for. But most of the stuff I've seen in here I know is true, so that's good. So there was a gal named Martha Coston, uh, and Coston was officially listed as an administratrix on the 1961 patent that revolutionized communications between U.S. Navy vessels. Officials credit the invention went to her husband, Benjamin Franklin Coston, never mind that he had been dead for the 10 years she had worked with pyrotechnic engineers to turn his idea into a reality. She did receive a patent in her own name 12 years later for a modified system. So, But that was all I could find, so far anyway. Does that count? It's, it's kind of it's thin. Well, men Oh, well. I did find lots of female inventors, but I didn't find any specifically about the firearms industry. Well, there's not many ladies. Well, I don't know. I thought Hedy Lamar was a lady. Yeah. She developed a math that allowed broadband communications. There's a thing on uh, Amazon about her, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have cell phones if it wasn't for her. So the chick invented the machine that lets you text? No, yeah. she she was a mathematician in her spare time when she wasn't busy heating up the movies. And she was gorgeous for her time, and she was a very pretty gal. 
Sheehan composer George Antiel developed a radio guidance system for Allied torpedoes, which used spread, spread spectrum and frequency hopping technology to defeat the threat of jamming by the Axis powers. And spread, spread spectrum and frequency hopping are very popular techniques now for, uh, for uh, what do you call it, uh, Bluetooth technology and CDMA and Wi-Fi. So she's a pretty good deal. Hmm. I must be running on hard drive space again. That's like a crazy duck charger. Yep. Well, I personally can't wait for the deck to come out. Pretty excited for it. Yeah, I did the Indiegogo thing. Oh, speaking of cycle cap, I've seen you're on the Instagram just now. Oh, are you? Oh, very rarely. Done there. Yeah, it's like I, I only got an Instagram ID so I could put stuff up for the uh, for the Wednesday night thing, and then I haven't taken a picture worthy of it yet. <laughs> I did the one picture with my cat and with the pistol, and that was it. <clears throat> I would vote for that one. You didn't that night. I didn't? What nope. I I don't know. There's, I'm sure there was a cuter, like a dog or something, that did that. That was cuter. Yeah. My cat is very nice, but he's not cute. Um. He's an old middle-aged dude. That's right. I like old guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty good guy. Hmm. Yeah, General relatively found Hedley, Hedy Lamar's uh, real name. Keisler, Hedwood Keisler. Hedwood Anna Marie or Marie Anna or something like that. Um, who is the Ace of Spades? Yeah, Brownie. Stoner's just the M16. You do nothing to bring to Brownie. A 15-year-old girl was the first to self-deploy a parachute. What? Would her dad throw her out of a plane or what? Yeah, exactly. I feel like women are really resourceful. And most of that is because you don't know, like, panic and being resourceful until you, like, start your period and stuff like that. 
So you learn how to get like real investment real quick. So there is the card, and that's probably what it's going to look like for now. So we can save this again. No, we can't because it's already saved. So now we'll open up the other one. I guess I can close that though. files that I had just made. So we'll highlight them both. We'll right-click and tell them to be about 3,500% faster. 3,500. About 3,500. Let's put that in the box there. And then, so now however long that was, what was that? 45 minutes. Go back. Turn that 45 minutes into a minute and 15 seconds. Drag them over a little bit. You sure it was only 45 minutes? It looks to me like an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, was it? It could have been. We've been sitting here for a while. But I didn't oh. have recording the entire time either. Oh, yeah, it's quarter to two, yeah. Mike was looking at something for too long on another screen. I would pause it. Oh, I, I see pieces out it'll just sit there dead even in fast forward you know so let's see now i need to go find wherever i have that picture i just made of the card and that would be this i guess and it won't work, of course, like always. So now I gotta go find it. Open it up in paint for whatever reason, and then save it as something else, like a JPEG. usually like that shaping. Like that JPEG just fine. Just grab these things again, bring them over here. Go see what that thing looks like. It isn't right, so highlight it. Go over here and edit its scale down a little bit. There it's perfect. Now we grab it, 
and put it on the other end also. All right, and now I got it married. <clears throat> You can talk smooth yourself. I'll be narrating for a minute. Okay. Uh. Hopefully, it won't pull whatever you're saying over. I don't think it will. So, Patriot wants to know if you're going to include Mikhail Margolin, who apparently was a blind gun designer. That's pretty cool. I'd never heard of them before. Hmm. I had a, uh, I had a, what do you call it? A, uh, a gun shop of the day, but I didn't have a, I couldn't find any pictures of it. It's a relatively, a guy moved his store. And he, he actually bought a bank and uh, moved into the bank, which worked out great because it had all kinds of safes and place to lock stuff up and all that. But I couldn't find any pictures of it. So just the outside of it. I couldn't I couldn't find any inside pictures. But uh, hey, what are you going to do? But I do have the I do have uh, one of my other favorite local gun shops. I think I will put on there. Location uh, window. YouTube. Did you hear me talking the whole time? Nope. All right, now let's see if it recorded you or not. Oh, sorry. What's up is the Eight of Hearts. I don't know if it's what tonight during the Daily Gun Show. It's Hiram uh, Percy Maxim. This is the son of you. the Maxim that created the machine gun, and it is the nephew of the. Yeah, I think it went pretty good. So I can do that. Yeah, right that now. worked out good. So now I just uh, save that. And then I will export that. So H.24, and I'll drop that same place. Give it a different name. Save and post that off. So that was a minute and 30 second video. And it took that long to get ready. Let's see how long it'll take to render. So for as far as the Daily Gun Show goes, uh, we just sort of played around and did one of these cards today. So it probably went a little longer than usual, maybe boring than usual. Or maybe it was less boring than usual. Hard to know. So Steven's asking about the Jokers. Uh, right now I have the, a whole bunch of guns on one of the Jokers. And I forgot what I have on the other Joker. 
I don't know if I did another joker. I think I put the Second Amendment advocates tree like that the diagram that I did on the other joker just for the demo deck. So I haven't decided the jokers yet. Um, Dead horses getting all mad about the stoner comment. Well, you got a link. You decided not to come in here, so we can say what we can blaspheme all we want about the stoner. But uh, appreciate the people jumping in on the gun channel side. Uh, we got some people joining on. Are we going to include Mikhail Markle of Markolin? I don't know who that is. He's a blind uh, oh, okay. blind gun designer, yeah. Um, I did not put him in here. I think I got him on my list, but what did he design? Designed the MCM, I believe it was called. MCM, is that a name of a gun? Yeah. One problem I have is they're in, what do you call it? They're in actual order of chronological order right now. Um, but so if I screw with it, then that could potentially really screw with the art. On the mm -hmm. other hand, yep. Um, he invented a target pistol. 22 caliber target pistol. Reading about that pistol now, giving a shooter improvement. Yeah, I might. Like I say, though, I've got a couple that uh, I'm not totally sure of. Huh. Doesn't even say anything in here about him being blind or whatever. Yeah. He became blind afterwards. Oh, okay. He, uh, during the Russian Civil War, he sustained a head wound and lost his vision. Pretty good history. It says after you want to hold on. In addition, it was during that time he's able to handle and examine various firearms, including pistols, American manufacturer Smith and Wesson, and then they got. And it says, after he lost his sight, made a solid effort at getting the education he would need to be a firearms engineer. He learned Braille. With the help of friends, he learned relevant math, and his wife read to him from books on firearms. He developed a theoretical knowledge. 
In addition to this, he began collecting firearms and practiced taking them apart and putting them back together, all by touch. But he found that being blinded to be they found being blinded to be depressing the point where he went to the sanitarium for a point. Uh, well, he was introduced to clay and modeling. It was a revelation, and he was a short jump from there to modeling with wood and cardboard parts fixed by nails to model firearms parts, and then to having a vice and working with metals such as aluminum. And then they show a picture of him working on a trigger system with cardboard on a piece of wood, like nails on a piece of wood here. Yeah, that's cool. Then he was offered a job at the Tula Arms Factory. He was given every assistance so he could design and communicate his designs. He's not able to actually draw his design. They had to use models and descriptions so assistants could put his ideas onto paper. And the designs brought into production. At first, he worked on a 22, 22 rimfire version of the something other drum fed machine gun <coughs> that included creation of magazines that could feed. Uh, 35 round magazine was the biggest. His real interest was in the creation of a sports pistol, a target pistol. And once he was given the go ahead, he began working on that based on the Tokarov. Then World War II happened. He worked on other projects until the end of the war. He was able to return to his target pistol. Oh, yes, yeah, so that sounds pretty neat. This was the MCM pistol. It was completed in 1948. We so got to see some guns. They don't even talk about how he lost his sight. Yeah, it was in the article. Like I said, it was in the article that I was reading. I know that uh, Patriot had mentioned that before. I thought I wrote it down, but I'll, I've got it in here again. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure. I've got a couple in here that I'm not 100% on. Like, I got all the Japanese. I've got um, one and more now. Two and two Japanese. Come on. Yeah, you got to have Arasaka and. Uh... But I got Mosin. And I've got Dragonoff, Kalashnikov, of course. Simonov. Meet him. I've got Ludwig Volgamer. So let me go see what this guy's dates are. States of birth. He had been blinded during the Russian Civil War in 22. Anybody know what his dates of birth are? No, I, I closed the article down already. It had to be right around the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. So I could take out this Ludwig Borglamer. I haven't done that deck yet. That's going to be in the diamonds. It's going to be a lot of Russians, but I guess worse things. Everybody got a lot of Germans in there. <laughs> His gun was invented in the 50, so it would be pretty close, 47. 
it would actually fit for the guns, so he'd probably fit right in between Simonoff and Dragonoff, more than likely. But anyhow, I guess that's the uh, uh, end of this one. Um, oh, that one already rendered it, so I can go post that on the YouTube and on Gun Streamer. And uh, I don't know, is anybody going to do anything after this over on the gun channels? Um, I might. It's 11 o'clock, so like if we ran a late show. So, uh, good. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. And has anybody got a quote to end us tonight? I got a quote. It's kind of a, it, it's from an unexpected source. Uh-oh. So, the quote goes, Among the many misdeeds of the British rule in India... History will look upon the act of depriving a whole nation of arms as the blackest. And that was written by Mahatma Gandhi. Because he was a big believer in self-defense and firearms and stuff. Right on. Guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com. The guys and gals of gun